Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome everybody to another edition of Israel Unplugged, where we bring you the unadulterated facts of where we are holding in the redemptive process, focusing primarily on the ingathering of the exiles, no spin, no twist, just facts on the ground. And uh, today we have, as always, an exciting show. Uh, we're going to have a special guest, a former student of mine, Rabbi Uri Pilachowski, who is now uh, heading a new initiative in the Nefesh Benefesh organization. We'll talk to him about that. Um, uh, as usual, uh, I want you to, uh, we want to remind you that uh, both myself and my co-host, Josh Wander, who's, uh, who's going to join us in a few minutes, but uh, both of us have important websites that you should uh, you should take a look at. Uh, my website is toratzion.com, toratzion.com, where you can find my books. I recently upgraded my uh, uh, my website, and now all of my books are on my website. So please take a look at that, and the books will inspire you greatly to. Uh, fulfill this uh, amazing mitzvah of living in the land of Israel. And Josh's site is bringthemhome.org. It has other names, but it all leads to the same thing, where he has amazing videos of short little videos from some of the most important educators. .org.il. .org.il. Sorry, I always get it wrong. Bringthemhome.org.il where uh, he has great videos from very important uh, uh, figures of Jewish uh, in, in the Jewish world to today, uh, encouraging people to uh, think about at least the uh, the important mitzvah of living in the land of Israel and picking up and coming here and living with us and uh, you know, joining us and hopefully expediting the uh, ultimate redemption. So we have a great show ahead of us and uh, as always you can call in the numbers are on israel news talk radio uh website you can find the numbers there please call us and join us in in, in our show and ask us questions we're not afraid of questions uh so uh, stay with us we'll be right back did a nice Jewish girl from Delaware end up living in Israel? Shalom! I'm Natalie Sapinski. Join me on my show, Returning Home. Meet different people who have moved to Israel. Hear their personal stories, their highs, their lows, and everything in between. Each week, we talk to experts on immigration and the process of moving to Israel. Listen to Returning Home every Thursday, only on Israel News Talk Radio.
All right, we are having a technical difficulty with having on Josh Wander and Rabbi Lichtman, so I will be having on their guest until we can get them back on the line. We have joining us from nefeshbenefesh.org.il. That is a website where uh, it helps uh, Americans and citizens from the UK who want to make Aliyah, to be able to make Aliyah. Rabbi, correct me if I'm wrong. Our guest is Rabbi Uri Pilichowski. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. All right, so you're working for Nefesh Benefesh. Why don't you quickly tell our listeners exactly what that is and what your job is? Sure. Nefesh Benefesh is an 18-year-old organization that facilitates Aliyah, the moving of of, uh, of Jews to Israel, uh, for Americans, um, specifically for Americans. That's our mandate, and uh, we've been doing it successfully for, uh, for like I said, for 18 years. My job in particular doesn't really involve Aliyah. Nefesh um, Benefesh recently opened up a new initiative, the Zionist Education Initiative, uh, where we bring groups in from all over the world uh, to visit our brand-new campus in the middle of Jerusalem, and we teach about Zionism and about dreaming as, uh, as Jews. Um, and I'm the senior educator for this new initiative. Okay, and so um, ha- has the rates of people who have uh, made Aliyah since Corona gone up or gone down? And tell us why, if, either way. Okay, so, so I want to make something very clear. I really don't work on Aliyah. I know it sounds like uh, you, know, you have somebody from Nefesh Benefesh on your show, and, uh, and you know, the, the Aliyah would be the, the focus, which makes a lot of sense. And there are plenty of my colleagues that can, uh, that can speak uh, intelligently about it. I do know that Aliyah rates have gone up. Um, they're higher than they've been in, in a number of decades from America since, uh, since Corona. I, there, there are many reasons why people make Aliyah. So you can't pin it on Corona or anything else, but, uh, but there, are many, uh, there are many reasons why, and, and they've definitely gone up uh, in significant numbers. Uh, 4,400 people made Aliyah from America in 2021, and we're excited about those numbers. Okay, and when did you make Aliyah to Israel? Uh, myself, I made Aliyah seven years ago in 2014 in the middle of Suketan, uh, Protective Edge. And that was, I mean, not many people make Aliyah during a war. Uh, so what motivated you? So it's interesting because our plane, uh, we had one of those, uh, the Nefesh Benefesh, we were the 50th uh, Nefesh Benefesh charter flight, and not one person canceled on our flight to make Aliyah. So while it's true, I think that most people would probably opt not to make Aliyah during a war, and hopefully we'll never have another war, so it'll never, it'll never be a fear of anybody. Um, but uh, the, the reason why I made Aliyah then and didn't cancel my flight, I can't speak for anybody else on, on the flight, but our family realized that, that Eretz Yisrael is home. Land of Israel is home for the Jewish people, and specifically, for sure, for my family, we feel that way, and we felt there is nowhere safer than home, even in the midst of a war. So, you know, my husband is also a rabbi, and when he was telling his rabbis that he was making Aliyah, they actually discouraged him, saying, what kind of job are you going to get over there? Rabbis in Israel are a dime a dozen. So when you were planning to make Aliyah, how did you think that you were going to be able to make a living here? That's an interesting question. Uh, so I was actually recruited um, by a yeshiva to move to Israel, so I had a job lined up. It's true that that there are many, many rabbis in Israel, thankfully. Uh, they are, and they're very, very talented. Um, but if you are, if you're entrepreneurial and you look for a way of, uh, of establishing your, you know, a niche and something that, that you do a little different than anybody else, um, you'll, you'll find, uh, you'll find a path and a way to, to, to make a living. Um, I find myself 
doing much better financially in Israel than I do in America. I know really? that sounds strange to people, but uh, but Israel's the land of dreams. It's the land of hopes, and there's there's always a way. To, uh, it's for most. I don't want to say there's always a way because it, there's uh, yeah there's obviously people that struggle. I don't want to make light of their of their struggle, but there's yeah there, it, there's no more guarantee that you're going to do better in America financially than in Israel. That is very, very interesting. So maybe you can go a little bit deeper into that because I think that the, one, of the, one of the biggest things that people who are thinking about making Aliyah, moving to Israel, is that you know, how are they going to make a living here? They don't know the language maybe or they're older or they have younger kids. So I, I think that every, uh, the concerns that you, that you bring up are, are genuine concerns and they're not to be brushed off. But I think that, that uh, you know, Americans are very used to the American culture. I'm not talking about the American Jewish community, but American culture is, is very much a, a nine-to-five culture where you know, everything has to fit into a box. And Israel is a, is a much looser, uh, much more open culture. It's, it's, yeah, it's in the land of, like I keep saying it, but it really is the land of dreams, much as America was the, the land of fulfilled dreams uh, you know, 100, 200 years ago for many immigrants. I think that, that Jews are finding that Israel is that land of dreams where you can recreate yourself, where you can think outside of the box, where you can find that path to success that maybe you didn't find in America, that, that, the, that, your, that your common job uh, you know, in America provides you. And, and here you have, a, you have a path to something new, a path to something different. Uh, so so there's, there's no hard and fast rules. There's no success book of here, just follow these steps, and you'll for sure you know, find financial success. There's a lot of, of hashkacha that goes into it, a lot of, of God's grace that, that goes into it that, that helps us out, and we, and we pray you know, for God's help every single day, with, uh, three times a day, for help with our, our livelihood. So I think those, those are factors to keep in mind, but I think the ultimate factor to keep in mind is that there's no, there are no guarantees of livelihood, and the days of, of you know, the, the famous joke of how do you make a, a million dollars in Israel come with two million dollars, right. I think those days are long gone. And the, the, you know, there's a greater possibility of making a million dollars in Israel just from business acumen than there ever was before. Hmm. That's very, very encouraging. And so uh, your neighbors, your community, when you told them that you were going to be making Aliyah, what was their reaction? Did they come at you with questions or challenges so I, I happen to have been living in a, in a wonderful, wonderful Jewish community. Um, my last stop in America, Boca Raton, Florida, where actually Nefesh Benefesh was founded. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, one of, uh, our, this is, the, you know, there's, there's almost like a direct line that you could draw a map from Boca Raton straight to uh, straight there to Israel on a, on a Nefesh Benefesh flight. So my community was, was very uh, was very gracious. My, my school that I taught at in Miami uh, you know, asked me to continue teaching Way before Corona on Zoom, before anybody had heard of, of Zoom, they had asked me to, to continue. So I continued teaching in my school. And the synagogue that I davened at, the, where I was a rabbi, actually, uh, Boca Raton Synagogue, so the, the senior rabbi was incredibly supportive of Ephraim Goldberg. And he wanted to make sure that I'd be okay. But once he, once he understood that I had a job lined up and everything was, was going to be okay and I had a place to live and, uh, and we had really thought out the steps, he was, he, he was and is still very supportive. I'm still very close with him. So let's take a worst-case scenario, just so we can kind of like balance this off a bit. Let's say somebody says, you know what? We're going. We're going to make Aliyah. Somehow we're going to make it work. They get here, and there have been people who've decided that they are not making it here, and they decide to go back. What would you say to people who have experienced that? 
and say, I'm sorry, it didn't work out. The, the, the encouraging news is that, that while those numbers used to be much higher, today they're less than 10%. So, so they, yes, and I think that speaks to, uh, to, our, you know, to, to the enthusiasm that people have and the success that they're experiencing here. But not everything in life works out the way we want it to. We all experience you know, highs and lows in life. And if it didn't work out today, then maybe it'll work out another day. And maybe maybe it didn't work out. You, know, you could be a, and this is going to sound almost heretical, especially on, on this radio show, but uh, you can be a successful Jew and a successful person and not have made Aliyah. Um, Moshe Rabbeinu is an example of, of that. And, uh, and so I, I don't think that people should put their metrics of, of their life as a success or not success by where they live. But I think that Eretz Yisrael is, is home for all the Jewish people, and they should strive to be there. Which, if I can, if I could just transition and maybe maybe help you out with uh, with with the questions, um, the, the 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 main point of our new initiative at Nefesh Nefesh, the Zionist Education Initiative, is not really to press and push people to make Aliyah at all. We we don't mention Aliyah in our presentations. It's really to to lead back to the idea. Of, of what Zionism was about. You know, we're, we're sort of losing that picture. And Zionism has almost become a dirty word to, to not just the, the opposition, but even within the Jewish community, people are embarrassed to say they're, they're Zionists. They can say that they support Israel, they say that they're pro-Israel, they lobby for Israel, but the word Zionism has almost become you know, this, this word that we try to avoid, and, and it shouldn't be. It should be something that we're proud of. It was a, it was a movement that enabled Jewish dreams to come true. And it's a movement that didn't end in 1948 when the first dream of establishing a Jewish state was achieved. Now it becomes the job of our generations, and especially future generations, of building on that success and really building up Eretz Yisrael into the homeland that we've always dreamed it to be. Right, yes. I, I think that there has to be, though, that, you know, you were saying that they can stay in the outside of Israel and still be, quote-unquote, uh, a successful Jew. I, I, I just, you know, when I think of that, it's, it's, I'm thinking where, where, where you plant a Jew, the most fertile place in the world is in the land of Israel. And so, um, I, that's why I always encourage Jews. It's challenging you, but it's refining you as well. Is it easier? Perhaps not. Is it more comfortable? Maybe even perhaps not. Although I think it's much more comfortable being with my people in my nation, in my land, where the national holidays are Jewish holidays and not from another religion. But, um, you know, this is the most fertile soil, you know, that I see happening for, for, for Jews. Do you, you, we have like about uh, 15 seconds until we go to a break. Do you want to comment on that? Um, I, I think that's everything. I agree with what you're saying 100%. Ideally, you know, Jews should try to find their homes here. I just, you know, you would ask me about people that it didn't work out for, so just want to encourage people they shouldn't think that just because it didn't work doesn't mean it can't work or, or that they, you know, in any way they failed or anything like that. You know, success takes time. Right. And you know what? When we get back, if we haven't gotten Josh back on with us yet and Rabbi Lichtman, I do actually have something to say about that as well, about things not, quote unquote, working out. We're going to be right back, everybody. Don't go anywhere.
You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. This is Shai Bentico, and each week I'll be webcasting to you from Judea, origin of the word Jew, a people besieged and beleaguered in every generation. Nazi Germany is but a memory, but in its place the world invented the phantom Palestinians as this generation's internationally authorized Jew killers. Tune in for a different slant on life in Israel, Phantom Nation, every Monday. All right, we are back here at Israel Unplugged. Our our hosts, Rabbi Lichtman and Josh Wander, are uh, having a technical difficulty to get on with us. We are trying to get them back. In the meantime, we have as our guest, Rabbi Uri Pilachowski. Did I say that right? Pilachowski, yes, yeah, great. Okay, and we were talking about people actually who quote-unquote, didn't make it here in Israel. And I, I, I did want to weigh in on that, if I can, just for a moment. Because I have a lot of people who uh, who write me also. They email me. They want to make Aliyah. They'll call me, etc. And some of them uh, were worried about that. What if we don't make it? Or I have a friend that came back. He didn't make it. And it was a waste of their time and money. And I said to them, number one, it's expectations. If you have very high expectations that you're going to maintain, uh, you know, two cars and a three car garage, and you're going to have this standard of living and et cetera, et cetera, then in your eyes, you may not quote unquote make it. But you have to understand that there are people, Jewish people who have come to the land of Israel from Yemen from Morocco, from uh, Ethiopia, that came barefoot with no shoes, didn't have the English language, didn't have even an education, perhaps, didn't have all of the things that you're coming with. Even if you're not coming with a lot of money, you still have an education, at least a high school education. You know the English language, which means you can go, you know, you can use the internet uh, competently. And you... um, and and you are more worldly in a sense where you could probably find a job even much easier than somebody who came from these countries. And yet you don't see these Jews going back to Yemen, going back to Ethiopia, etc. They've made it here because they made the decision that this is my home. I'm coming home and that's it. Come, you know, whether it's hard or easy, comfortable or uncomfortable, difficult, doesn't matter. I'm home and we're going to make it and that's it. And that was their attitude, that that this is the last stop on the journey of the Jewish people in the exile. That's number one. And number two, for anybody who felt that they couldn't make it here under their expectations that went back and they said, well, we wasted money. They didn't because they gave their family and their children an experience that they would never have otherwise. Their children got to have a taste of what it's like to speak Hebrew, to have friends who are Hebrew speaking, to learn in Hebrew, to, to, to learn the language. After a year, kids know Hebrew here. They pick it up like sponges. And to have that ability to be able to open up a sidur, a prayer book, and know where they are and understand the words, this is a gift that you could never so easily give them as if you didn't come, if you did not come to Israel and give them the Israel experience of being with their own people in their own land. And as I said, the national holidays are Jewish holidays. And having that, that is a gift that very few children in the exile still get. So even if you decide to go back because it's not according to your standards that you want, it's still a very, very positive thing. Okay. 
<laughs> back to you. Uh, I want to ask you about what you're working on, and that is the Zionist Educational Initiative. Maybe you can tell us about that. Yeah, so, so Net, and I'm very excited about it. Nefesh Nefesh is starting um, an education wing of their of their organization, uh, and it's uh, it's it's shot off. We've been around for three months now. We opened up a brand new campus uh, this past November, a couple months ago. Um, it's right next to Cinema City, if you know the area in Jerusalem, across from the Israeli Supreme Court. A beautiful, beautiful campus with uh, four large spaces to be able to host groups and host guests. And essentially our goal is that, and this is going to be surprising to you, but if you're a, a group coming into Israel, there's no central place that you can go to learn about Zionism. You can learn about Peter Herzl, you can learn about Ben-Gurion, you can learn about Jabotinsky by going to various areas. But the actual being able to go somewhere to, a, to, to study Zionism doesn't exist. And, and that's really the basis of, of you know, the movement that, that created the state of Israel, that brought us here, uh, is Zionism. And it's something wonderful to celebrate, and we should study it. And groups that come in from, uh, from either outside of Israel or studying in Israel should spend some time understanding what Zionism was all about uh, and what relevance it has today, because it has tremendous relevance today to the lives of all Israelis and also all Jews outside of Israel, equally so. So we, we started this initiative. It is to bring English-speaking groups from anywhere in the world of all ages uh, into, our, into our campus and to, and to really inspire thought about Zionism, what it was, and, uh, and what it's going to be. This isn't your high school Zionist class where you learn about the history of the Zionist Congresses. This is a this is a living, breathing study where you have breakout sessions and you and you debate the topics and you contemplate ideas you might not have seen and there's there's great technology that goes into it. We have video presentations uh, and it's it's really very well thought out um, with a lot of content being developed to sort of revive Zionism uh, around uh, around Israel today. Today, uh, for a lot of people, especially when they're not connected to their Judaism and they're not connected to Israel, the word Zionist gives a connotation to some, wrongly so, by the way, of, uh, you know, conspiracies, theories of uh, Zionists taking over the world. Have any of your kids talked about that at all? Yeah, so, so there's sort of this hesitancy to identify as a Zionist. You could, people, people that identify strongly as being pro-Israel, um, they, they still uh, hesitate being identified as a Zionist because our enemies have been so good at branding Zionism as some sort of nefarious movement. Um, and it's time that we reclaim it. We need to reclaim Zionism and redefine it. But we first have to understand it, and that's why we need to study it. Uh, we need to understand what it is, what it promised, uh, and, and how to continue fulfilling that promise. So, yeah, people are, are definitely worried about that, that moniker Zionist, but only because we're not allowing, we're, we're allowing others to define it for us. We need to redefine Zionism for ourselves and then wear that mantle proudly. So what's been your biggest challenge and what's been your biggest success? So the, the biggest challenge has been, I, I would say, is looking at Zionism not from a historical perspective. Um, not looking at it, okay, what, is the, what was Theodore Herzl thinking? What was Jabotinsky thinking? What were Ben-Gurion thinking? What was the differences between them? That, that's the past, and it has its place, and it's valuable, but not nearly as valuable 
as understanding going forward for the next 20, 50, 100 years, what are Zionists going to create in Israel? It's not enough to simply say, well, now we have a state, we're Israeli, uh, and let's just d- develop a state. Zionism is, is the fire that, that, uh, that was lit under some of our greatest leaders of the last 150 years that, you know, that, that brought them here and created this state. It's that same fire that's going to keep it going and keep our state growing. So that, that I think, is, is looking at it from a different perspective instead of a historical perspective. To answer your question, I think that's been our, our biggest challenge, is, is finding a new approach to Zionism that, that students and adults will find relevant going forward. I think we found it. The biggest the success we've had is when we bring groups in here, and we've, we've started, thankfully. We've had about 10 groups so far already. A little over 300 people have come into our building, um, and with content that we're developing online. And being able to say, okay, look, let's look at this aspect of, of Zionism. And people saying, well, you know what? This isn't the Zionism I learned about in high school. This isn't what the talking points were in, uh, in the Zionist Congress. Uh, and this isn't playing defense against uh, Israel's detractors. This is now something living, breathing uh, that, that we can celebrate, be proud of, boast about, and teach to people going forward. So... Um... Do you have any contact info or people who want to know more about what you're doing? Maybe they have friends, family back in the States. They want to get them more involved in this. You can give out any. For sure. Definitely. Thank you. Um, you can go to Nefesh Benefesh's website, uh, which is nefeshbenefesh.org.il, I think. And then uh, do a backslash and VEI for the Zionist Education Initiative. Um, and you'll, you'll find our stuff. There's, there's our programs are all there, so you can choose. Uh, a program for when your group wants to come here. There are 20 different programs we've developed. And, and then there's content, which right now is mostly written, but will soon be video. Um, and we'll, we'll be, uh, yeah, we, we've, we're on all the social media platforms. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and even TikTok. Uh, yes, and and uh, you can look us up on, on all of those platforms. And there, almost every single day, we are posting exciting, uh, dynamic, uh, relevant relevant, I want to stress relevant, information about Zionism so you can learn about Zionism and the role it plays. All right. And we have another minute left. Do you uh, want to tell us maybe what area of the country you're in and maybe promote it? You know, people, one of the things that they have to learn about is where am I going to get a job, but they also want to know where maybe to live. Maybe you can plug your community if you'd like. So I I would love to plug the community. I I happen to live in a place called Mitzvah it has absolutely nothing to do with my job at Nefesh Benefesh. Um, it's, uh, it's, it just happens to be the Nefesh offices are in Jerusalem. But I live in a place called Mitzvericho, which if uh, you've driven from Jerusalem to the Dead Sea, we're 20 minutes outside of Jerusalem. So uh, mostly anybody listening who's been here has probably uh, driven right by us or maybe even visited us. It's a beautiful area of the country, desert, uh, stunning, stunning views. And it is a... Uh, it's a community of about 5,000 people, 500 families. It grows about uh, between 60 and 100 families every single year, so it's, it's growing. Uh, but it's a pretty mid-sized issue. We have a lot of professionals that live in the issue because we're a suburb of Jerusalem. We're a 20-minute drive to Jerusalem. So like me, I work in Jerusalem, and many, many people in our community uh, you know, drive into Jerusalem. The houses are, are affordable, um, which, is, uh, which is a nice... Uh, yeah, and they're, they're large houses, and there's also apartments for sale. So for people looking for a place, it's a wonderful place. There's about, I'd say, a little less than 10% of the, of the city is, uh, is American. So 
What's nice is that children that come to Miss Bayrico, but most we gotta go, have- Rabbi. But it sounds uh, like a great place meets Bayrico. You can even get a villa there, as opposed to an yes. apartment in the city. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Hi, I'm Rabbi David Aaron. The soul basics are the most profound, the most essential, and yet often the most neglected in our education. Join me for Soul Talk on Israel's News Talk Radio and discover the secrets to love, spiritual growth, and personal power. Welcome back to Israel Unplugged. I'm sorry about that uh, technical uh, technical difficulty. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Tamar did a great job in interviewing uh, Uri Pilachowski, Rav Uri Pilachowski. Uh, I would have loved to have been there, but uh, that's what happens when, thank God, there's a lot of rain in Israel and the bad weather sometimes causes, sometimes causes uh, power outages. So we'll have to uh, have him back on the show a different time. Um, for the last segment, I want to first start with uh, something that uh, is a little bit sad. Um, recently, my co-host, Josh, who's also not on right now, but uh, I guess I'm doing this uh, single-handedly till the end of the show. Um, he put me on a – he joined me to a uh, – a WhatsApp group called Ohave Eretz Yisrael, Lovers of Eretz Yisrael. And for a long time now, it's really interesting stuff. And and it's very much um, Haredi Jews, ultra-Orthodox Jews who, who love Eretz Yisrael, which is what I've been preaching for such a long time, that the more Orthodox a Jew is, the more he should love the land of Israel because it's throughout our tradition that Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, is uh, an important part, a very important part of our Torah, of our tradition. And so there's a lot of such Jews who have, Baruch Hashem, thank God, fallen in love with the land of Israel, have come live here, or, or are about to live here, or on their way. And it's a group where they just talk about different various things. So, so for a while, there's been a... Um, uh, a request to, to pray for a certain uh, um, Yehuda. Let's get the name here. I'm sorry. Uh, a certain Yehuda um, Leibowitz, I think is his name. Yidi Leibowitz, right? And um, he was in bad. He was in bad shape. I uh, didn't. I didn't really get the whole story. And unfortunately, today uh, our group is filled with. Uh, with um, discussion about, unfortunately, he passed away. And, you know, only now am I realizing what a special person he was. He was actually in the middle of translating Eim Habanim Smecha into Yiddish. If you, For those of you who don't remember, Eim Habanim Smecha is the first book that I translated. It is the most important book to this day. It was written close to 80 years ago, and it is still to this day 
the most important book on the topic of the land of Israel, the importance of the land of Israel, the the, uh, the unfolding redemption that we are going through right now, and we're still going through. He was in the Holocaust, and he wrote a book while running from the Nazis, uh, basically repenting for his anti-Zionist stand that he had before the Holocaust, and uh, trying to convince Jews that uh, he made a mistake, and this is where we belong, the Jews people belong in the land of Israel. We all have to, have to come back. And he was talking to his Haredi ultra-Orthodox ultra um, brethren. He's saying, we have to be the ones to lead the way and to come back to the land of Israel and make it a holy place for the Jewish people to live. And, and even though there are secular Jews here, we have to join with them, at least in terms of the building of the land. And, and that way... Hopefully, with the achdut, with the uh, unity that will show, things will get better, and God will will answer our prayers, and He'll bring and send the the Messiah. So I translated that book over twenty years ago into English from Hebrew. It was written in a rabbinic Hebrew, and uh, there actually are parts that are written in Yiddish because he was a Yiddish speaker, but he was also a great, great rabbi, and he knew rabbinic literature. Rabbinic Hebrew very, very well. His Hebrew is beautiful. So I translate into English because unfortunately there are plenty of people who can't read the book. I remember once getting a message from a from an important rabbi who said, you know, thank you so much for translating the book. I couldn't get through it in the Hebrew. You know, to me that's uh, unbelievable that there could be a rabbi who knows how to learn Torah and can't get through that book. But anyway, um, so, so I translated it into, into English, and it has been a very popular book for the last 20-some-odd years. And this Jew, this holy, holy Jew who just passed away at only at the age of 47 was in the middle of translating it into Yiddish because, let's face it, the people who now really need to hear this message are people who largely speak Yiddish. The, the Haredi Jews, the uh, Hasidic Jews, and he, Rabbi Teichtal, the author of the book, was also a Hasidic Jew, completely Hasidic Jew. He learned by the Munkacher Rebbe, he was close with the Tzanzer Rebbe, Sanz Hasidut, and on all the different Hasidim, he was close with all of them. And, um, you know, he personally, I think, was his own Rebbe. He was his own Rav of a, of a community, and therefore, I don't, I don't know specifically which Hasidut uh, he, he belonged to, but it didn't matter. And his words now are, are need, need to be heard by, uh, by that Yiddish-speaking community. And therefore, this Jew, this holy Jew, Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda, I'm looking for the the, the, the middle name, uh, Rav Yehuda Leibovitz, who was actually the son of a Hasidic Rebbe in Muncie. You have to understand, he it was probably a big move that he did, that he picked up and he, Baruch Yehuda Leibovitz, that's his name, and he picked up and he left his father's Hasidut, meaning I, I, I'm sure he's still a Hasid of his father, but he left Bunsi and he came to Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh, to the holy city of Jerusalem. He's lived here for, I think, the past seven years. And uh, um, and he he's actually um, someone who worked for a living. He was a very, very talented a uh, very talented graphic designer and artist. You have to look, just just probably can 
Google him, Yidi Leibovitz, and uh, yeah, but it's Yidi Leibovitz, Y-I-D-D-Y-L-E-B-O-V-I-T-S.com. He has a website with beautiful artwork, such beautiful artwork, and it's such a such a loss to the Jewish people that he passed away. He got corona. I think he had pre-existing conditions, pre-existing um, medical issues, and uh, unfortunately, it caused his demise. So, uh, you know, this is the but this is the way we have to be. We have to learn from him, and and sometimes, sometimes we have to really think about our 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 beliefs and our you know preconceived notions. You know, it might have been brought up in a certain type of community and understand that, you know, there's only one truth in this world, and that is the truth of God. And that is clearly written in the Torah, in the Tanakh, in all the books of the Bible, the Jewish Bible. It is written in the words of our sages, Chazal, and it is unequivocal in the words of the, the Torah and the words of our sages that the Jewish people belong in Eretz Israel and that we should do everything in our power to come <clears throat> to come here and build up the land of Israel and help God, so to say, build up the land of Israel. In fact, someone shared on our group uh, one of the last uh, posts that he that he put up. I'm trying to find it while we speak. Uh, he, he told a story. Yes, he's told a story. Oh, sorry, give me a second. I will find it. Um, hmm, maybe I won't find it so soon. Okay, it doesn't matter. He told a story about how we have to take part in the redemptive process. I think actually I shared it the day I saw it many weeks ago here on the show. It was basically that just like, if I'm not mistaken, it was like this, that just like we uh, we pray to God that we should have parnasah and that we should have, which means uh, livelihood and that we should have health and all those things. And if someone gets sick, no one, no one in their right mind would say, no, I'm just going to pray to God. And, you know, then that's it. Or if I have a problem with my parnasa, with my, with my uh, livelihood, so I'll just pray to God and then everything will be fine. We all understand that you have to go to a doctor and you have to somehow try to find a job and, uh, and make some money. It doesn't work any other way. Uh, so, so too, when the same prayer in, in, in the, in the benching and the, uh, grace after meals, when we say that we also pray to God for the geula that he should redeem us, it's the same thing. We're not supposed to just sit back and wait for it to happen. We're supposed to take the initiative. And that was, that is one of the ideas that is repeated over and over again and proved from so many sources in the holy book which this Yidi, Yidi Leibovitch was in the middle of translating into Yiddish was this concept of uh, of of helping God so to say you know joining God and doing our share in bringing the redemption and this is something that we all have to learn and it's a very sad very sad that unfortunately this man who uh, who really Dedicated himself to the land of Israel and the and, and the the land of the land of Israel and the redemption that he he lost his life so young. So uh, we hope that our words 
should be li'ilui nishmato, that his soul should have a uh, an aliyah, which means should go up higher in heaven. And maybe we'll just end with, uh, huh, there's a lot of ideas that say on the Parsha and very little time to say it in. So maybe we won't. We don't have it. We don't have time. Sorry. Uh, so we will sign off for today. Hopefully next week we will not have any technical problems. We will not have a power outage. We will have internet throughout the show, and you will be able to hear myself and Josh uh, and uh, whoever our guests are. And uh, thank you for your patience, and we really appreciate you. We appreciate it, and make sure to come and tune in again next week. Thank you. And goodbye. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips. With scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.